So, welcome to the second in a series of podcasts. This is the difficult second episode. Um, like that album that Alanis Morissette did after Jagged Little Pill, which I can't even remember, so that bodes well. So, first of all, thank you to everyone who liked, subscribed, and viewed the previous video, uh, three hours of me and John rambling on about our favorite armies. He, of course, was wrong in all his choices, and I was right, but um, thank you very much. So I've had some feedback from the last episode. Um, the first was it needed a musical intro, which hopefully we should have. Uh, if not, I'll just cut this bit out. Um, the second bit was I should have some catchphrases, um, which apparently increase viewership. No idea. So I've come up with a few. Um, you and what army? Uh, you would say that, wouldn't you? Um, and that's all I had. So we'll see if I can fit that in during the course of the rest of the show. And if not, we'll just abandon it. So I promised you a very uh, important guest who previously worked for Games Workshop before going on to do his own thing. And I've managed to secure just that person. So if I could introduce Vince. Hello. Hello. So you, you did used to work for Games Workshop. I did. I you? was a trainee manager. So I think what everyone wants to know is, um, what is Duncan Rhodes like? He wasn't there when I was there. Oh, Sorry. Oh, well, this is going to be a very short intro. I tell you who was there when I was there. Go on, drop some names. Nick, Nick Baton was there. Oh, yeah. There he's sort of when I was placement there. for Dan Halliday, who's now part of the White Dwarf team, was on my manager course. Halliday? Holiday? So, I think it's something like that. But I uh, see you paid attention in that orientation. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that interesting, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. You could have, in fact, been guiding the direction of Games Workshop if you'd stayed. Um, hmm. Me, no. No. <laughs> no. My ideas were a bit crazy for Games Workshop, I think. And they didn't like the fact that I kept calling them Space Elves instead of Eldar. Were you not taking it seriously? I, I took it seriously, but they had very silly rules about stuff like that, where old Games Workshop, in fairness, used to get very sensitive about their trademark and things like that. So you were forbidden from calling Eldar Space Elves because Eldar and Elves were two completely separate entities. That is true. So calling them Space Elves was was a big no-no, but I used to just do it because, well, I'm a rebel, as you know. Exactly. So that's why you probably had to part company with the company. <laughs> no, I mean, I left on my own accord um, with, with, with a gracious handshake and well wishes, to be fair, for, for what I went on to do. Um, I mean, we both know people who didn't leave <laughs> under such <laughs> such friendly times. I'll try to get whoever that might be on this. Before we start on to the topic of the day, which is our top five favorite units, mm -hmm. what's your slight background in the hobby? What's your favorite army? Oh, favorite army? Jesus, that's a difficult one. Um, uh, well, currently, not over, we're sort of a second um, top five there for going to favorite I was going to say, yeah. Are you playing anything at the minute? Uh, I am. So, in fairness, when did I start? I started around about 11 or 12 year old with Space Marine, uh, which became epic 
But Space Marine, as it was, um, was brilliant. Um, the starter box with the Space Marine and Eldar in, Space Elves, um, uh, ended up getting the Dark Renegade add-on, which adds, added a load of um, unit cards and stuff, as is the way they used to do things back in the olden days. Um, like hmm? 2d10 plus d12 yeah, times 2. Yeah, like damage dice was brilliant. Like, and, and you had cards for everything. That's what I used to like about it. Um, then I got into 40k. I got the box set of uh, Warhammer 40k 2nd edition. That which, was the one with the very famous Marine with the power fist on the front. Was uh, I believe so, yeah. It was, um, it was the... It was the pinnacle of modeling um, in that every Marine was stood sideways stance on, holding the bolt gun across them. Um, no multi-parts, you know, wasn't no options. The, it was three parts, wasn't it? It was the, the Marine's body, the bolt, and the base. Yes. Yeah. And maybe the backpack. Oh, maybe yeah. Backpack. Wrong there. yeah. I just remember that one for the Gretchen with auto gun times 40 or whatever. <laughs> Um, the goth orcs because everybody yes. painted them as goths back then. Um, yeah, so and that kind of got me into 40k. And my it, it started my love of the angels of death, as they were known back then, which was the blood angels and the dark angels. Um, I like the blood angels from the basis that they were portrayed as just basically 40k vampires in a way um you know the the i i like the aesthetic i like the idea behind them i like the idea behind their primark at the time the law that there was the crazy stuff you could get like a death company they used to have the furioso dreadnought um you know all, all that stuff that was back then and then the dark angels were just you know this mystical 40k space marine legion that i think back then didn't actually have much law behind them other than they were a bit way they were a bit war nobody was really sure about them um so carried that on though aren't they? They're, they're... they have they have nobody still knows whether they're uh um what's the word i'm looking for heretic or uh loyalists um it's all a point but... of view i suppose it, well, it is. What it are is. those cherubs about? <laughs> Not cherubs. Watchers in the dark. Jeez. Get Sorry. your law right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so I, my first... I've still got them somewhere in my mother's attic, along with the second edition box and all the card buildings that you used to get and the horrible orcs. And a Mark I Rhino um, started playing a lot of Necromunda. A lot of Necromunda. Original Necromunda with uh, a good mate, Pete. Um, I had a Vansar gang. He had a Cordor gang, oh, and Cordor. yeah, they, they, were, they were good. And I, I, I like Vansar, and I was really looking forward to the new ones coming out. And then I didn't like them, so we'll not get on <laughs> that. Um, I had the similar reaction to the reimagined um, Cordor. They went from cultish um, religious zealots to same, but they. Harvest trash? I yeah, that, that was weird. Um, didn't make any sense. I mean, the system's nice. I think we had a few games of it when it came out. Yes. Um, it, it, I would have liked to have played it with the um, 
the full rules. Yeah, the full Not... rules and the 3D territory because that's that was the thing about Netrun, but oh, you can yeah. play you play yeah. on multiple levels. And I liked like the original Necromunda. I liked that you could get to a point where the other gang would just run away if they'd taken too many wounds or too much damage. That's still um, in it. It's like the bottle check, I think. It's, it's in yeah, the yeah. It, but it, I don't know. It, I didn't like the... I think what put me off was just I didn't gel with a new Vansar. Um, but yeah, so I played a lot of Necromunda. A bit of Blood Bowl. Um so yeah, kind of, kind of stopped playing it from about the age of sixteen to twenty, twenty-five ish, twenty-six ish, and then I was driving buses and I saw the advert for Games Workshop to say they wanted training managers. So I thought, why not? Put an application in, got accepted, and then got sent to the Metro Centre to train under the uh, the legend that was Mal. Um, I don't know where he is now. I think he still works for him somewhere. Um, and it just properly rekindled me love for the hobby. Um, um, and then got offered a job elsewhere. Uh, so told them. Um, gave me notice. At which point they basically said, "All right, well, we're going to send you to Newcastle for the last four weeks of your work." And went to Newcastle and worked alongside. That's where I met Ian. Uh, who will hopefully be a guest at some point. Uh, so, yeah, it, good times. Rekindled it, got back into 40K, still collected Dark Angels primarily at that point. Um, little bit of Orcs here and there. Started a Eldar army. Um, yeah, and then trying to think, and then kind of. Yeah, she's kind of got into that group, which you've obviously been now kind of made a member of as well, I suppose, with Ian and Gavin and all the so rest of the no consent, just barging me in. Well, that yeah, that doesn't surprise us. Obviously, I met you through work. Um, and... Yeah, I was going to say that uh, my reemergence into the hobby is entirely your fault. That's fine. I so all the thousands of pounds I've spent on plastic crack since is laid entirely at your door. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, well, that's fine. <laughs> I don't mind. It's just No, a... I know you enjoy it. Um, yes. I... Right. For those of you who didn't realize, the recording unit thing that I used to tape all this just crashed. So isn't technology wonderful? We should have done this by letter. Mm -hmm. Carrier pigeon, I think, would have been better. It might have taken a while for the actual recording to go out, but... Well, might have had a, a wider range. No, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> before we were uh, so rudely interrupted, um, I was about to say, you never actually got into fantasy, did you? No, and I asked you if I could swear, and you said yes. Yes, you can So, swear. I fucking hate fantasy. Um, but there is a reason for it, or I th at least I thought there was a reason for it. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day, and that's what I was saying. So when you said you were going to get Duncan in, but he couldn't because he's got caught with all that cocaine. Yes. Um, and then you told, you said, you asked me to come on. I was thinking about you know the games I'd played and the different editions and all the rest of it. And I was thinking, why did I, why did I never get into fantasy? Like I was trying to think and all the rest of it. And as kids, as we do, as youngins, I used to be many many moons ago in the scouts. And funnily enough, that was the first time I played Warhammer Fantasy was at Scouts. 
And I must have been. Can I just stop you there? That we can't go into a deep dive, dark incident in your past linked to fantasy. <laughs> no, this is. This is I'm telling you why I don't like it. Keep it light. Yeah, it is light. Don't worry. Right. Um, so I was about nine, ten. I don't know, eleven, somewhere around there, and the. We played a game of fantasy. Uh, I can't remember what the armies were. I can't even remember what edition it was. All I know is that the guy said to us, do you want to charge? And not knowing the rules or anything like that, I was like, uh, no, I'll stand and shoot, which was the worst thing to do. And then the other player charged and basically wiped out my whole unit. And I remember just thinking, well, this is shit. And then I never got back into it. And even when I worked at Games Workshop and I had to know the rules and know how to play the game and all the rest of it, I would do everything I could not to touch fantasy. I hated it. I just didn't get it. I just I didn't gel with it. I didn't like it. It was the armies were bollocks. The fact that you needed fucking forty zombies to make a unit that was usable and to paint forty zombies and get them to actually rank up because the models were wank and they couldn't fit together. Oh, it just it was shit. I don't think I've ever started a fantasy army ever. Like, not one. I, I'm going to have to put out a massive apology to the High Elf Facebook page and the <laughs> High Elf Discord group that I begged to listen to this um, podcast last I mean, week. I get it. So, don't I don't sorry. get it wrong. I get it, and I can I can see the appeal of it. It just doesn't gel. Don't backtrack. Me. You're stuck with your opinion. Oh, so. I'm, I'm a. I've got an opinion. Don't you worry about that. I've just told it's you what f- it is. It's a free speech zone. Yeah. Hey, sorry, I, um, I've got some uh, guests who are exclusively fantasy. Uh, oh, well, I'm, in, I'm in talks with them, so it'll all balance out. I mean, Age of Sigmar. I like Age of Sigmar. Oh, no. Ne- moving on. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> moving so, on. The topic of the day, I've written it down. That's some it's the same as last week. It's not. Last week, it was armies we have played, and oh, this right. week, it is top five units. I mean, armies you've played wasn't difficult, in fairness, was it? The, like, actually, to to list these units was quite well. It wasn't more. It wasn't that difficult, but it was more difficult than armies I've played. My number one unit was instant, instant. I knew exactly what it was. The I, other four I, took us a while. I had two nailed on, and then I had two which I had to think about, and the fifth one. I, uh, it is a bit of a cop out, but um, I'm going to run with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have uh, uh, Do you have like some glorious runners up or anything like that? Um, no, because it was so difficult to get the top five. The the my first thought was I, I can just that's easy five high elf units. And I thought that's probably not going to be very interesting to listen to. No. Not for someone who hates fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a mismatch. You're so I thought I've thought outside the box a bit with with two of them at least. All right. So, um, do you want to start or shall I? Oh, go on. I'll start. I'll go like on you. then. I will. I do actually have a um, a kind of runner-up, if that makes sense. Are we just changing the rules because just just it, just, just just a little bit, and right, and, okay. and it's only it's only to placate the high elf. Well, <laughs> it's not high elf in fairness. 
to the fantasy fans out there, the only army I have ever enjoyed playing in fantasy is Vampire Count. And I never had me own, but Ian, who's been mentioned a few times, has got a fantastic Vampire Count army, has. which has won awards, I believe. It has won awards. Um, and he used to let us use it to play fantasy. And it was it's the only army I've ever enjoyed playing in fantasy. And the, the runner-up, the, the, the unit that I almost put in my top five was the um, Terrorgeists. I suspected you were going to say that when you mentioned Vampire Counts. Yeah, because they're hilarious, but they're not. They're not. Uh, I think you did say the rules were no characters, no special characters, blah blah blah. And I think Terrorgeist are technically a bit special. Like the, I can't remember what unit type. The they're they're rare, are. but no, you would be able to submit it because they oh are well, no. but yeah, Terrorgeist. I love them. I love the fact that they can they just take loads of damage. I love the fact that they've got a ridiculous elemental weapon. Not elemental, sorry. Um, it's a scream. It's a, well, yeah, but it's it, magical. It is. It's so um, it can kill a, anything. Any of the rules that normally apply to um, shooting and melee just don't apply to it. So it's yeah. great. Yeah, you can shoot. You can scream into combat. It doesn't count as a shooting attack. Yeah, you don't get your bonuses to leadership because it's not technically a leadership test. It's yeah. broken. It's, it can fly. It can jump around yeah. the back of your units. You, you know, you you basically can tie up an enemy army's flank with one terrorgeist as a, your opponent tries to not receive a charge in the flank or the rear or from a crazy gribbly. Well, I don't even know what it would be. Screaming at a car. It's a it's a mummified bat. It's, it's, well, a giant, it's huge though. It's yeah. a massive bat. It's a giant uh, undead bat. But. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that screaming into combat is horrible. Yeah, and I, I loved it. The bit I didn't like about playing them, as you may have guessed, was the forty zombies. I was say, was it was it everything else? The, the vampires I liked. Um, one of the only fantasy models I painted of my own accord was Conrad von Kurz because he was. Yeah, you, you, that's Conrad von Karstein. You've Karstein. You've, sorry, you've confused him with who's Conrad von Kurz. Kurz? Conrad Kurz is the Night Haunter from last week's episode. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Yeah, Conrad Karstein, he was brilliant. He's insane, wasn't he? I I love that model. Loved it. And I had a lot of fun painting it. Um, Short of a Belfry. Just a little bit. But a fantastic character. Like, again, Games Workshop, when they used to do fun units, you know, things that were overpowered and were just daft. You know, you could have fun with them. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving swiftly on. My number five. Have you got some music to put in here where it'll go number five or something like that? I'm hoping to work towards that when I oh. finally crack how to do sounds. Um, oh, perhaps God. the end of December. We'll see. <laughs> You're disappointing, Mark. You, you I, gotta get... I, I just put in the minimum effort possible. I mean, story of your life right there. <laughs> It's just a waste of energy. I, I did the thumbnail for on um, on Microsoft Paint for the last one, and if, right. if you look on these YouTube or oh, how to do a channel, it says, "Look at the look at the thumbnail. That's how you attract people in. That's what everyone looks yeah. at." Yeah, yeah, that's true, but that's effort. So Microsoft Paint, it is. <laughs> Paint, MS Paint is, yeah. is the best. In fairness, anyway, um, number five. Yeah. 
so number five. Um, Hang on, where's my list gone? I've been rudely interrupted now, my train of thought. <laughs> Original, so going back to uh, when I was but a boy, obviously the first edition of 40K that I played was second edition. Started off with uh, Blood Angel Space Marines, as we've discussed. Um, and then I got interested in Space Elves, or Eldar, funnily enough. Um, and I started a, a little Eldar army, and one of the units that I absolutely loved were the original Eldar Harlequins, um, mainly because of the Harlequins' kiss weapon and the lore behind it. Um, I mean, they were ridiculous in combat anyway, uh, particularly in second edition. Um, but the lore behind the Harlequins' kiss, whereby you know this this warrior punches you with a a, a weapon straight through your armor and then a nanomolecular wire unravels itself or you know buries itself within you and then with a flick of the wrist it basically turns your insides to mush like it's just brilliant and it was you know as a it's just you read that and we're like that's that's fantastic like weirdly it sounds like i'm a bit of a serial killer now but i just that law and the writing at the time it's classic gw they just didn't care like you know 12 year old kids were buying this stuff and they just didn't care they were talking about things being basically turned to mush um and it played across into the game as well because you know my memory of the rules at that time were the harlequin's kiss was ridiculous as a weapon. I can't remember what it ruled, um, and I've struggled, unfortunately, to find the rules anywhere online to try and remember what it ruled. I've, I've just... got the... Uh, was this from the book with the striking... Sorry, not that. The um, What they call the ones that fly? Swooping Hawks? Is... Swooping Hawks, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah. from the book with the Swooping Hawk on the front? Because I've got that somewhere. Oh, And, and it does have oh, Harlequins in it. Um, I can't remember the Maybe, maybe. I, I can't remember whether or not. I definitely remember. I think they had a. They did have a second edition codex. Um, yeah, I think it is. So it's got like a. What do you call them? Um, the blue ones. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Dire Avengers. The Dire we've Avenger. All, we've is all the, done our research here, honestly. Yeah, the Dire Avenger was the main. Um, character on the front of it um and then the swooping hawks were behind it if i remember rightly yeah i've got that and they are in there but i never realized they actually had models back then or did uh, they? not many but the, they had a few they're, they're nothing uh feel free to google people they're not pretty um <laughs> in fact they're, they're pretty hor- horrific um, but yeah um it was but- just brilliant like Oh. They made a bit of a comeback recently. Probably. The models are nice. The models are really nice. Supposed um, to be strong, uh, strong lists. Oh, they were. I don't know if we've survived in. <laughs> I'm not sure about it in the ninth edition. From what I've read, the the rules for eighth edition, Eldar haven't had a lot of love for a long time. From they did in eighth. Did they? Have you I ever don't... played an Eldar? I didn't play it. I didn't oh. play it. In fairness. They, but... they... They can stack um, 
Eldar. I'm not going to it. That'll be that's a rant. I think I have ranted about it last week. But, um, <laughs> you ranted. That doesn't surprise us. That's just turning a one long rant. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, they were quite strong, Eldar and eighth. But I don't know if it's carried over to ninth. And I, I've seen a lot more use of Harlequin lists on other available internet wargaming sites. But I've never used right. them. I've never played against them. But I've seen some amazing paint schemes um, yeah. of the Harlequin pattern on jet bikes and things like that. So I can see for me as well as a, a modeling hobby side. Of oh, it. yeah. I mean, models-wise, they're, they're really, really nice. Like, especially the new stuff. When they did the um, the Harlequin, they, were, they brought out the new god or whatever it was. You know, the... Um, yes, um, I know what you mean. And I'm uh, totally blanking on there was three of them. You, no, I can't it remember. Ineid or something, wasn't it? Yeah, Ineid or something Ineid. like that is, I think, how you pronounced it. But uh, anyway, the 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 release them, I remember, and they were better. Like I remember the the rules getting a lot better, and I remember that people, like you say, they started to become popular again, and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, like I don't know, I, recent Eldar, like everything I've heard. People have just been whinging because they just haven't. Shocker. Well, yeah, that it felt like they weren't getting a lot of love, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, other than those models that were brought out for the um, the special books that they were doing. Oh God, my memory's totally gone here. Psychic Awakening. Yes. So that. it was it was one of the Psychic Awakening books, wasn't it, where they brought out the Inead and all the other models. And I think other than them, and maybe a few new models for, like you say, for Harlequins and things like that, they just feel like they haven't got, a, they haven't had a lot of love for a long time. Like a lot of the models are st- still kind of like sixth edition, fifth edition time. Like your guardians are awful, like horrid. Um, but then. You know, that's that's your kind of standard troops, I suppose. Um, if you look at stuff that main space marines before they went to Primaris, that you know, there wasn't a lot to them really. There wasn't anything new. Um, but then you wonder if that's why. You wonder if that's because they were just waiting to bring the Primaris stuff out or what. But but yeah, Harlequins are amazing, and that weapon. I mean, I've I've found it actually, um, and it says. It's a monofilament injector, and it contains a 100-meter monofilament wire. 100 meters going inside your body, going wherever it needs to go, and then lashing around violently, liquefying bones and internal organs, causing immediate death. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> bit, bit of Savlon, you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a saving for all. Get you out of that one. <laughs> I so, like how yes. your your first one is picked almost exclusively in the the manner which the unit kills people. That's oh, perfect. That, but that, that's perfectly uh, justifiable. Would you ever consider of... collecting them, or is it or just admire from afar? What was that? Sorry. Would you ever consider collecting them, or do you just admire them from afar? No, no. I, so I did collect them back then. Um, I, I had an Eldar army, and, and but back then Eldar armies were. You had a unit of Dire Avengers, you had a unit of Striking Scorpions, you had a unit of Fire Warriors, you had a unit of Swooping Hawks, you had a Dreadnought, you had a War Walker, you had an Avatar of Cain, you had a Warlock. And that, like, you just took one of each thing. That was kind of like how Eldar were back then. Um, but they worked. 
you know that was like it, early editions that it, it, you didn't have the power creep that you seem to get now every time a new army is brought out um but yeah they, they were they were a nice little army they were painted to a degree <laughs> <laughs> they weren't great but they were painted had, had paint on them yeah um but yeah no i enjoyed them but the harlequins were i like law i like background um i like i buy sometimes i buy rule books just to read the law in the background that games workshop create and all the rest of it and um I did that with the most recent Dark Angel stuff. You know, I didn't I didn't play eighth edition at all really. But I bought a lot of the books that mentioned Dark Angels or men like you talked about how the Dark Angels history was going on and X, Y, and Z. Um Because law wise the, the Harlequins are supposed to be followers of the Laughing God, yeah, right there. Yeah. So and they're, they're kinda sort of, they're a bit they're split sort of, off from Eldar. They're, they're yeah, like, they, um, they sort of try to trick uh, the Laughing God tries to trick souls out of slanesh yes of, instead yeah. of the um infinity circuit or something yeah so they they don't wear um soul stones because the whole idea is that they are tricksy enough that they shouldn't die i suppose but they know when they do die that their soul is goosed basically slanesh will have it um but yeah, the, the, that's the whole story with the Laughing God. It was the only Eldar God to survive, other than no, it was the only Eldar God to survive. I think wasn't it? Cain gets uh, shattered into yeah. Shattered. So I think the Laughing God was the only one that managed to survive. And the, the history that I remember is it's because he just manages to outsmart Slanesh. Um, so yeah, and that's what the, these guys—they're like mercenaries, I suppose, in a way. They're, they're, they're like add-ons to the Eldar craft worlds. Um, they would appear and things like that. Troops, that was what they were like. They were like um yeah, like actors, circus they? troops, yeah. Circus. And you had <clears throat> excuse me, you had characters that played certain parts and that there's there's a character who plays Slanesh when they do um their history displays and plays and stuff like that. Um who because they play Slanesh they're they're doomed. Like like that's it. They're, they're kind of giving up their soul again. So all that law that's there is it's cool. I like that sort of stuff. That's that's one of the things that I like about Warhammer and 40k and fantasy. Even the fantasy law. Although I didn't play the game, I still enjoyed the law. Um but yeah. And I like stuff that when you read it, it kind of engages you. And that's what happened with the Harlequin's kiss. I like immediately thought So that's what you I, locked onto that this is a good yeah, because it, it, you, you read that and you think these guys are going to kick ass. I need a unit of these. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I got a unit of them, and they did kick ass. But you know, this is back in the day, like I say, when rules were crazy and units like them were overpowered because you get them into close combat and they just eviscerated everything. Well, speaking of eviscerating, do you want to hear what my number five is? Uh, go ahead, sir. Um. I wondered, because I couldn't fill this spot, but I thought a bit more broadly. So I thought, I'm just going for a guardsman unit. Normal what? standard guard. Yeah, because what? because in this, this Warhammer 40,000, it's all about... It's better you know, be fantastic, Mark. It's all about titanic struggles and heroes <laughs> and, you know, the space marines turn up and kill everyone and save the day and all that. 
but the actual donkey work is done by normal humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. As represented by the Imperial Guard. So there's for every you know the, the million space marines, there's un, umpteen billions uh, of Imperial Guard soldiers yeah. who are actually doing the work. But the the space marines take you know make a breach in a defensive line, whatever it is. And the Imperial Guard have to hold it and dig in and do the trenching works yeah, and, yeah. and hold the planet and garrison the planet. And they get conscripted from these um, worlds, put on, they'll never see the world, their homeland again, stuck on an Imperial Navy ship, sent to the nearest water zone with various forms of training, some of them really good, some of them not. And they keep the Imperium running. So... This is I've never played as the Imperial Guard. I've certainly killed a lot of Imperial Guard squads. But I just <laughs> thought I would recognize them for the wow that they do for the Imperial. Wow. This is this is an interesting I never thought I would hear this from Mark, I must admit. I'm recognizing an absolutely shit pants unit because there's millions of them and they hold up the Imperium. They they do the work, they do the, the heavy lifting. In, in fairness, um Gavin, who you'll be getting on at some point, I've got no doubt, is a huge Imperial Guard player, and he can fight most armies very well with uh, with it's Imperial Guard. He, he does the calculations and the angles or whatever it is. It's hmm? he's got his spreadsheet of where I should roll the dice, what part of the table is more guaranteed to roll a six on. That's how he wins. I've played his guard a few times, and uh, yeah. it's. I suppose it's. They're almost like Zerg rushing, Zerg tactics with humans. So yeah. it's, a, it's a bit like we were saying last time with um, uh, Starship Troopers. Only, I know the, the Imperial Guards. It's like, oh yeah, they're just chucked into the meat grinder and stuff like that. But that's not necessarily the case. There are very talented. Um, Imperial Guard officers and competent <laughs> soldiers. Creed. Uh, well, yeah, to name no names. Um, so I, I don't think they get enough. They're, they're not. They're not a joke. They're just, and they no. are they're cheap, and no. they're very. Um, what's the word? They're very versatile. You can give mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Like your task to do. You give them an officer mm -hmm. and a commissar and a vox caster, and they, you know, you start minor buffing them, and then, and, like, um, and, and they're but their main. Buff is their orders. Yeah, so that is a, a very good game mechanic to turn. Yeah, twenty las gun shots. Oh, massively! It's not going to do <laughs> that much. But then you order them to do it again, and then oh, right, that's a problem. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's where I mean, weight of fire is a massive thing with the Imperial Guard, and that's like you say, you know, the, the issue with them, I suppose, is you have to have quite big units, but. Once They're you've not got that, that expensive. no, well, no, <laughs> but, I, mean, I, mean, I more meant about the hobby side because yeah, you, yeah, you've got to build them, you got to put them, you got to build them, prep them, paint them. Um, if you wanted to, obviously, a lot of people play with the gray armies, which is fine, each to their own. The hobby is whatever you want it to be. Um, but you, if you're talking about an imperial guard army, particularly gunline armies, you still have to have those troop choices before you can get to the nice, juicy stuff, and. A lot of times, like you say, particularly when we've played against Gavin, he just uses them so well with the orders. You know, they can just do crazy things that you just think, how how's he done them with it? How's he done that with Imperial Guard troops? Like it's just ridiculous, but they are good. And I like that they've 
they have name checked them a little bit in the recent 40k editions i feel in that they've started to recognize that normal humans i suppose for want of a better term are actually winning battles and are actually managing to hold sectors from whatever enemy is attacking them this week you know i mean the sabbat worlds campaign which became huge has very little space marine influence in it if you read any of the books that were set there like gaunt's ghost and all the rest of it i was gonna say they've sort of been they've had their champions with the gaunt's ghost books and um was it commissar kane and things like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. so and what was that book i read ages ago uh anyway guardsman hawk is the it's about the iron warriors trying to take over a imperial invasion of imperial world it's where that um Actually, I'll not say that because that'll come back up later in my list here. But um, he's the main character about him, and it's it's sort of like how. And I'll not go into it. I'll, I'll spoil it. But anyway, I just make like, a note to remember though, because yeah, what'll happen now is you'll get to that bit and you'll just gloss over it, and all the viewers will be like, all the what listeners was, will be like, "What was he going to say? What was he going to say?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, uh, if you subscribe to my, the OnlyFans of this account, I will show you. Oh, what I mean. no, nobody wants that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, for now. Yeah, um, exactly. So you get massive. Yeah, I thought I would recognize the efforts of the Imperial Guard. And, uh, the, the... Are they a favorite unit, though? Yes. Because there's, there's recognizing something, which I get and I understand it. But in all your years of of playing forty k and fantasy and all the specialist games, don't start picking this. Card. Don't start picking this thread. Look, I couldn't think of a fifth one, and I, so I <laughs> thought of something because all I wasn't the you played. I wasn't allowed to pick five high elf units. Fair enough. I but mean, I, you could have. It would have been very boring, but you could have. Not to it, the, you've uh, challenged yourself. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, but, give you that. But yeah, I do like them, and I like um, I like their variety. Like I like yeah. the Mordian Iron Guard. I think they're great. They should <laughs> go, they should bring them back. They should be the standard plastics for the Imperial <laughs> Guard when they get redone. Death Core of Krieg. I, I did buy Ford's some world for a I million did, pounds. <laughs> I did buy some Death Core of Krieg troopers once. I think you bought I, ten, didn't you, for like I a hundred pound or something? I bought 10 for 40 pounds. Oh I started to clip them out of the resin. Um, they started snapping because it's like tiny, very fragile, yeah. trenching yeah. tools and things. I got enraged and put them all in the bin. Yeah. 40 pounds, you may as well have set pounds. on fire. And I was glad to put them in the bin because it was yeah. so frustrating. Sounds like another hobbyist that we know. <laughs> Who wouldn't, won't come onto the channel. No, no. He's already said. Moving swiftly on. Yes, is. I like <laughs> I don't have to do so much editing at the end. You know, I would say to his face. <laughs> anyway, um, moving yes. swiftly on. Imperial Guard for yeah, just no, to recognize them. I, I, I can say, to be fair, I, I did collect a small contingent of Imperial Guard, but we'll get on to that. Um, but like you said, yeah, you always had to have troops. You always had to just have Imperial Guard troops as a troop choice, weirdly enough. Um, and the the Cadian ones were one of my. I always enjoyed their aesthetic. I, I like them a lot. Um, 
they're quite old now as well. The they are old, but I still I still like them. I still like that they've kind of the Cadian look has kind of become the Imperial Guard look, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah, so, so almost generic now. Yeah, so it's not you say Cadian now, but it's not it's not really what they are well, anymore. Cadia's gone, so Well, yeah, this is true. Um but no yeah, I, I liked them. I, I liked that they were the models were nice, they were simple enough. But my big the big problem with them is it took them a while to get the balance right, I think, with them. So you had a lot of players who just wouldn't collect Imperial Guard because Imperial Guardsmen just died. Well, yeah, like it's very expensive. Tough, I think they're now focusing more. Tree. Yeah. Uh, they're now focusing on... Well, now you've got artillery these... Artillery army, isn't it? Tank yeah, army. Yeah. Like, now you've got these crazy... Um, Karskin, not Karskin. Um, what were the stormtroopers called that they brought out that they've tried to switch everybody over to? Oh, um... I oh, think no. Didn't they oh. have a book about Tempestus Militarum? Tempestus Scions. That's Tempestus Scions. Yeah, it. which is the new because the the oh Games Workshop. You're great. Games Workshop basically went through a process of trying to trademark every single name that they wanted to own, and obviously uh, you can't own names like Space Marine. Hence now why they're called Primaris Marines and things like that. Astra um, Militarum. That's yeah, Astra Militarum was what the Imperial Guard became. And then you've now got Tempestus Scions. Um, and they're nice. I don't mind the, the models for those guys. But yeah, they're, they're not as flavorful and um, I think enjoyable, to be fair, as as. as Imperial Guard. So yeah, I, I can kind of... It, it's just Tempestus, whatever they're called. Stormtroopers, they um, whatever they are, they're like the elite. Oh, that's what I'm trying to get away from. It's just um, right. You've reached age of military service. There's a las gun. Go <laughs> and defend that wall. I think it's Ian that, and he'll correct us when he comes on. But I think it's Ian that says that they're basically based on Russia. It's very much that World War Two Soviet era. Sorry, not Russia, Soviet Union. It's that very much kind of like. There's a commissar. You stood in front of the commissar. You pick up the rifle, whether there's any ammo or not, and you start attacking the enemy. And if you turn around, you get shot. Um, and again, I mean, you can get into the history of GW, but you can see where all their influences have come from if you look into stuff. Um, but yeah, it, they're cool. I like them. Well, it's my number five, and I'm not changing it. That's fine. You you're entitled to not change it. It's your choice. My channel. Yeah, I can it's do it. It's wrong, but it's your choice. There we go. <laughs> well, there's a mutiny guest first guest mutiny on chat on episode two. That's not really, <laughs> I that think it'll happen a lot, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh so my number four, leave a gap for the number four jingle. Um there's not gonna be a jingle. Oh, Don't get your hopes up. Jesus. Um current Primaris Marines is my number four. Wow. Um, yeah, I did not so see that coming. Yeah, so specifically the um the most latest box set that came out obviously for uh 9th edition. Jesus, I had a proper brain father trying to remember the edition. Um and the there's one of the units that's in there. They've obviously again Games Workshop wanted to own every single name in the universe. Um there's one of the units that's in it. And uh, I think is it intercessors or oh. yes, in intercessors are a thing. 
Yeah, I could, this is this is the only bit that frustrates us with these crazy names that they come up with. So I don't know what one is. I don't know what it's armed with. I don't. Know. I think they're they're close combat from what my memory is. Um, and and obviously I got the box set when it came out because, in fairness to GW, they were going through a time of being doing very good deals when it comes to box sets. The the cost to, um. The price to what you got was was very very good in my opinion. Um, I sold the Necrons to uh, 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 Elliot, another hobbyist that we know, um, and kept the Space Marines and did them as Dark Angels. And and yeah, the Intercessors, I really really like them. Um, David, bless him, gave me a load of Primera stuff that he didn't want anymore, um, which meant I was able to expand the the units to to be more usable sizes. Um, but I remember I played a game against Gavin and a unit of intercessors managed to hold an objective against hordes and hordes of his chaos demons um, until the end of the game and take the point. And I just remember thinking, this is what Space Marines are meant to be like. This is what the lore is. This is what the idea is behind them. You know, five or six models in a unit facing off against... It was horrors. So as you'll know, because you've played them, they just multiply and multiply and multiply and you know these intercessors just stood there and didn't die a few of them died but not all of them but they just stood there and and took the fight to these demons and it was like that's what 40k is meant to be that's what the idea is with 40k particularly with space marines so is that like a cinematic moment for you? Yeah, that? yeah, it was a little bit. Like I, I, remember, I remember discussing it afterwards with Gavin, and, and we were both like, "That was a cool fight. It was really cool. It, you know, it, it had it fit with the narrative of what we were playing in the game, the objective wise, and all the rest of it. Um, and even though you know they were outnumbered, it just it was just it was just awesome. So yeah, the the new Primera stuff I really like. Um, I like the style of them. I like the fact now that they're um, the, the scale is right. You know, they they look so much better than the old Marines did. Um, and I'm glad that they've updated the old Marines. If I'm honest, because I remember playing a game against Gavin with some Primaris and some what they're called now. Well, I can't remember what they're called. First Normal born, aren't they? firstborn or some bollocks like that. Yeah. Um, I remember playing with some of my old Dark Angels. So Can I, took... I just stop you? I, I am trying to get free stuff off Games Workshop, and you have slated them every time they've come <laughs> up. Well, I'm not slating them. It just makes us laugh how they retcon everything all the time. So they've brought out these lovely new units, which are fantastic. <laughs> and then it's like, well, what do we call the old ones now? Uh, firstborn, even though they're not firstborn. There might have been a third founding or a fifth founding. Uh, anyway. Um, but no, I played a game against Gavin. I had some Primera stuff, and I had a couple of tactical squads of my old Dark Angels, and they just melted. In ninth edition, before the changes came in, where they made Firstborn That's comparable, two yeah, two wounds. yeah, two wounds and and little stuff like that. Before they brought that in, they were shit. They just melted. And at first, I was like, I don't like this. And then I went to a, a Primaris-only army when I got my st- the stuff arrived, and I got my Outriders, and I had the uh, the Primaris captain and the um, the Vanguard veterans with the shields and stuff like that. 
and then I played a game and it was just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Really enjoyed it. Um, the outriders on the bikes are, are brilliant. I've never had managed to get them in anywhere yet because they've got the newly painted model syndrome. Um, <laughs> every time I play a game from the table. Sorry? Removed from the table. Yeah, like Gavin just focuses them down because that's the sort of person that he is. But um but yeah, the, 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 I, I really like them and they've proper rekindled my love for 40k. So much so that when you started the crusade, I was straight in there. Um, you know, I wrote I was writing backstory for them, I was writing battle reports on the Discord and stuff. Um and properly enjoying it and I actually enjoying painting them because my the God. big, the bigger model. I know, if, you know, shock and horror. But the bigger models, just that little bit ever extra size to the models, just makes them so much easier to paint. Like so much easier to paint. And I could, you know, I, the Outriders were done in, I think, a day. Um, and I think you've seen them. They're not. A, they're not a bad standard. I mean, they're dark oh, angels, good. so they're black because they're they're Ravenwing. But you know, you. Still doing black good is is difficult. Um, and then I remembered I, I painted me captain, and I really enjoyed painting him. Um, I did the Eradicators, I think it was, with the Fusion Blasters. They're they're hilarious. Like they nearly took out a lot of change by themselves in one turn because their special rules are just amazing. Where they can um, do ridiculous amounts of damage. If they all fire at one target and you know, etc. Um the ones I didn't really gel with were the crazy flying fat boys. I can't remember the name of them now. They're the ones with the auto cannons. Yeah. So the auto cannons themselves are, are really are pretty cool. Um but I hate flying stands. Like yeah, they are they're just such a fiddly model to try and get them to, and you know there'll be people out there that'll be listening, going, "Well, just do this, you idiot." It just makes it much easier, and it will Comment do. Comment below but, to say do this. Yeah, but I am a lazy hobbyist. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just want simplicity, um, and and they're nice. The the cool, like I get it. I just didn't. I just didn't. They're the only ones that I didn't really gel with. So they haven't. They haven't being used very much um i think my current squad or crusade force should i say is the primaris captain the primaris chaplain the outriders the intercessors uh some eliminators an impulsor which i think is amazing <laughs> another one that i had a lot of fun using in a game against uh, uh, gavin um and I can't remember what else. There is something else as well, but yeah, just just really enjoying them. Like the in inceptors, that's what they're called, the stupid flying ones. Um, what, what do you think about the law? Because I think there's a big, or there was initially when they came out. I think people are just wink to overlook it now. But yeah, do, I, do, do like the models, and they are very you know the, the think, scale looks know, right. But the fact that oh, we just happened to find tens of thousands of. <laughs> Marines that we just happened to have created thousands Bel of years ago yeah, just this time. I mean, Belisarius Cole, obviously, he's basically the loyalist version of Fabius Bile. You know, he's he's just making whatever he wants, isn't he? And I, he is the, um, there's a term for it in writing, 
and I can't remember it now. It's like Mehrun's dagger or something like that. Uh, they've just had to shoehorn them in because they had to make, they had to bring the range up to date. The old Marines were getting pretty dated in terms of they were the wrong size, they were the wrong scale. You know, Games Workshop, in fairness, have gone. You know, they're they're way ahead now in terms of how they design their models. It's all done computer aided design now. You know, it, the detail that you get on models compared to what you get years ago is, it's just worlds. It's just leagues apart. Do you know what I mean? And there was stuff getting released that you were looking at it going, that's absolutely beautiful. And then you'd see a random marine squad and be like, you'd throw up in your mouth because they just look so dated. I think so they had, they, a, they had, they had a choice. They? They, had, they had to say, we are scrapping the old line of marines and from here on in, this will be the new marine scale. Yeah. Which they yeah. would get a lot of criticism for. Or they yeah. can say, here's a in-world justification for why the Marines now look like this, yeah. which they get a lot of criticism for. So yeah. they can't really win. I don't no, think. I mean, and, 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 and to be fair, you know, <laughs> Games Workshop are never going to win with hobbyists. because No, there's always something to complain about. No, it, it just it's just the way we are. You know, it, when you... When you... When you're invested in something and when you enjoy something, then you're going to be critical of it. It's just human nature. Um, That's that overused word, passion, though, isn't it? Because if you care about it to be annoyed about something or... Yeah, um... and don't get us wrong. There's people out there who go absolutely ridiculous. Like, the way they go on about little changes and all the rest of it, you just... It's just not worth it it's not worth your energy in life do you know what i mean um there's nothing you can do about it it's not like games workshop are going to suddenly put out a note where they say oh sorry uh trevor in dorset you know we've read your post on wherever and uh yeah we're going to remove that rule because you don't like it, it, it and to be to be fair to games workshop they have just posted a 40 million pound profit so what they're well, doing is yeah. working and i think that it got to a point where it's like it's like pulling off the plaster when you've got a cut. They'd gone so long just kind of trying to fix it and fix it and fix it and fix it that they just had to get to the point where they just ripped off the plaster and said, right, here's your new Marines. You, do, you you think, know, do you think the Primaris will completely replace the old Marines? Or do you think they'll I think they will, slowly but surely. I think that's their plan. Um, one, from a business point of view, it makes sense cost-wise, because why are you going to continue to produce what is essentially two ranges for the same army? One is an old range, and one is a new fancy range. Um, and I think, in terms of law, the, the, the way I understand it, the way I've written it in, they've written it in, is they're slowly converting all of the Marines to Primaris anyway. Because so, Calgar got um, converted across. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I think they'll get rid of them. I, I don't know. I don't think it'll be a quick change because, again, we're all hobbyists and I think hobbyists will go bananas <laughs> if you took their models off them overnight. But, yeah, I can see the next few years, like, Old school firstborn Space Marines. Um, you won't you won't be able to get them anymore. 
And I'd like to see them continue to support in the Primaris range. Um, you know, they'll bring out more stuff. I mean, they've they've done it since the release ninth. The box set that they brought out was really really nice, and they've brought more stuff out since. And they're obviously bringing out more stuff for the Necrons and all the rest of it. Um, but no, I, I mean, I like the models. I like the way they play. I like the rule set of ninth edition as well. And I think all of those things combined together just really made us proper rekindle the love for 40k because i did not like 8th edition the few times that i played it i just thought it was shit um and i just didn't play it very much and i know i know they brought in loads of changes in errata and faqs and psychic awakening and blah 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 and all the other stuff as time went on through 8th edition to the point that there's some people out there that have said it essentially became 8.5 because of the amount of stuff that they changed but fundamentally it was still just a bit meh um whereas the new um ninth edition just seems to play so much better i mean it's such a simple thing for me but it's a realism thing that the fact that you can now split fire for weapons is just game changing because it's ridiculous that a unit of space marines well, with, eight bolt, with eight bolt guns, a LAS cannon or a missile launcher, and then a flamer all had to use to shoot at the same target. It's you could just split fire an eighth. I know, but I didn't. I didn't really. Oh, I you didn't, didn't play it though, did I you? Didn't play it, so, but yeah, I can't actually remember the rules of seventh. So, no, know. that's that's a long time ago now in a galaxy way, <laughs> way, way. But yeah, so current. Primaris Marines. Intercessors, absolutely love them. I mean, any Primaris unit other than them Inceptor things. I'll probably learn to love them. I just haven't played them enough. And I think the first time I played them, I didn't really play them very well because I was getting used to the rules still. But but yeah, they're um, they're, they're cool. And, and to be fair, you know, like you said there, kudos to GW because it was a brave decision to make, in my opinion, um, to take your what I suspect is your most beloved range, what you are most well known for throughout the world, and basically say, that's old, this is new, and try and bring that change in. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but obviously they the kind of started dripping them in towards the end of 8th, where there were like, obviously all the Belisarius call stuff and Robot Girly Man stuff came in. Um, and you started they made all their new guns and armor as well. So yeah, and you were getting you were, you, were, you were getting small units of Primaris were being released, um, and then obviously with the new ninth edition, it was like boom, here you go, look at this. And and to be fair, I remember us chatting in the the Discord that we've got with a, with um, Ian and Gavin and David and all the rest of it, and I think it was one of the only times that every single person in that hobby group said, "Holy shit, they are lush." And because there's always someone that normally goes, mm, no, that I don't like them, or I don't like that, or I don't like this. But it was the only time that I remember in recent history that every single one of us went, that is, they are really, really nice, really nice. I think the uh, the the high quality of the models and the rules as sort of over people are willing to now overlook the yeah iffy fluff for why they came about or the the reason why they came about anyway. Yeah, I mean, but uh, fluff's fluff. It's it's like 
Mm. At, at what point do you continue to be annoyed about something that you're well, not going to be able to change? Now, you know what I mean? never, because they're well, now yeah. part of, the, they're part yeah. of the, uh, the story now. So, Well, this is it. But no, so, yep, that was my number four, which I was surprised. Uh, uh, no, not surprised. I was happy to see that it caught you off guard. It did catch you off guard. I wasn't expecting that at all. Well, my number four is the Empire Steam Tank from Warhammer oh, Fantasy Battle. Fantastic. <laughs> A brilliant model. It is. It, yes, the, the model itself, especially the 8th edition model, is it's brilliant. It it's got the whole boiler armor plated steam cannon lunatic engineer yeah. on the top. Look, <laughs> the entire concept of it is crazy, and it's just like the the imperial engineers are just going. Well, it's they can't build any more of them. It's they're all designed by that um, Leonardo di. The Ariano, um, I think. Yeah, he's the, the name the tech of Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. So yeah. he he made them, but they can't. They don't know how to build anymore because he was such a genius. So he was so mad <laughs> that the system, the systems, they can only replace the, them, and they don't know how to build any more of them. So mm. I think there's there's twelve or fourteen of them, and um, it's just the, the the idea that you strap a steam boiler onto a Arm, a lot of armor plates and say that's a good weapon of war and it works and it's really good in game it's um mm-hmm. it's unbreakable it's got its own little and uh, the it's it works on a steam point system yeah so you've got to say how many steam points you're going to risk generating mm-hmm. in the boiler and then you roll a uh misfire dice i think and then if you misfire then the boilers had a problem and that creates a lot of problems so there's sort of like a a mini game to get the thing to work at the start and as it takes more wounds there's more likely it goes wrong so there's that element there um it's if it charges into combat it's going to wipe something out because it's it's so strong and that that conversion of the concept of it into the rules of the game is brilliant and it's just (laughs) i've i've played against them a few times i've never used them it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? It's got ten wounds. It's high <laughs> toughness. It's yep. got a, it's got a one up armor save. I and think the only time I've ever seen one get killed was with a ridiculous cannon shot. Well, Someone... cannon will st- yeah, cannon will still go through it. Yeah, especially with D six or the lower metal. That's good because it's got a one up yeah. save. So because isn't wasn't there a thing um, with cannons where if you guess the range exactly, you get like bonus damage or something well, ridiculous. This just shows it. how little fantasy you play because in 8th uh, you don't guess range. Oh, well, there you go. You can measure it. <laughs> but yeah, if a cannon goes through it, it does D6 wounds. Yeah. So it, but it's got 10. So it, it, I think it's it's one of the few things in the game that can take a cannon shot and still yeah. survive. If you if you roll a maximum of 6, it can still survive that. Um, And it's got its own cannon to return in. So it's it, it's it sort of sums up the empire. The empire is it, it hasn't it's got the technological know how and it just runs with it. And these crazy people can come up with whatever they want and try to get it to work. Because the dwarfs are like, we will not use anything unless it's been tested for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. They're very skeptical about converting yeah, yeah. from crossbows to gunpowder, which they still haven't completed the the trans the crossover. So. Um, 
but the empire is totally unrestrained with that they can just go off and do their own thing yeah so their their war machine is they came up with a tank um, so it just sort of sums up the empire and and it looks it, it's it looks great it the whole design of it is it's got that empire look to it it's all decorated yeah. with the um, imperial yeah, coat of arms and it's dedicated to sigma and uh, the emperor and it's got they've even gold filigreed a tank <laughs> Um, I love it. I love that model. I love the rules, and it's yeah. um, it's no, I've I can seen see the, that one. The the, the um, standard two steam tank list, which is yeah, it's, it's a bit of a power gamer move, but it's I, I've got no problem fighting it. It's I've web no legendary the two steam tank list. <laughs> yeah, if you if you like web lists, there's one. Yeah, but it's also got like it's not mass produced either. There's there's either twelve or fourteen of them. I can't remember exactly how many there are, and some of them are destroyed and can't be salvaged, and some of them have been repaired, and they've all got different things that they do. So like um, the conqueror pattern is the the standard one with the steam cannon and the. Uh, like the what's well, the steam the thing that sprays out steam and there's a cannon powered by steam yeah. but there's also like there was the one with the essentially the war wagon thing stapled to the top of it so oh it's like, yes yeah. it's a steam powered war wagon and there's ones that have got no guns they just ram into things and um yeah they're, they're, they're great the i mean i think they only released one model but there was some fantastic um there was some fantastic conversions that it got done over the years yeah um, the the older one if you remember the one from i don't know it was fifth or fourth edition but it was tiny and it was like the man yeah. could barely sit in it so well, that was, wasn't that the one where he was like kind of just sat on the back of it or something like that no it, it was like oh. it was a small box thing and then he his head was poked or his head and body with a sword was poking out the top but oh yeah i think I found his it, body yeah. must have been taken up the entire inside of the tank because it was tiny yeah. But that was the one that featured in Dark Omen, if you remember that game. Oh god, that's a a long time ago, <laughs> Craigie. But they're in um, Total War, they uh, Warhammer. Yeah. They're a lot of fun on that because you can see the uh, ten steam tanks versus ten thousand goblins and what happens and things. <laughs> so be creative with it. No, they were a good unit, and they were crazy, like you say. And I, I think again, it, it kind of go back to what I was saying earlier about. When Games Workshop rules designers and unit designers just, you know, they just had fun with it rather than yeah being a bit too prescriptive. And, and they, they nail it. Occasionally, they just nail it. for yeah. So what you know the Steam Tank's like, its background, is reflected in its rules in that it's not so scaveny that it's going to blow up and all that, but it can go very wrong. And yeah. the longer you leave it in the field... The more it breaks down, the more likely it is to have problems and not do what you want it to. Because yeah. it's it's yeah. um it's random movement as well. So you've got to point it in the direction. You want <laughs> oh it to yeah, go. I forgot that. Yeah. And then you've got to roll how many steam points worth of dice to see how far it goes. So the situations where you can be three inches away, thinking I'll just charge into that unit and mangle it, I'll only need one steam point for that, and you roll a one. And so now your steam tank is <laughs> one inch away from a unit. It rolls. It rolled it, an artillery dice, didn't it? It was no uh, movement. I yes, think. Uh, no. It it rolled. You roll. You see how many steam points you want to generate, and then you add that to your number of wounds left, and you've got to roll under that on a artillery dice. Oh, and if you yeah, so the more wounds you take, the less reliable it becomes. They were brilliant. They were. But they it, were... It, 
it can also blow up as well if everything goes wrong. So it can even in death it still serves to quote a different series of games. But uh, no, it's a good show that I, I like. I do like steam tanks. Um, they're they're they they're just one of those things. The Empire. It, it's like the Hellblaster Volleygun and the the other thing that they've got, which is just basically a multiple launch rocket system. Um, oh, what is that called? I know I what you mean. I can't remember what it's called now, but they, they just had a lot of fun with the Empire in doing crazy shit. And it kind of fits with the aesthetic of, you know, that, and they just come up with anything that can work to try and survive, you know, and steam tanks, like you say, created by this mad, crazy fool who he just thought, like you said, fuck it, let's put a steam boiler with a big gun on it and see what happens. <laughs> um, and I just love the idea of that, that it kind of fits, like I say, with the law, the aesthetic. Um, yeah, I love the steam tank. Uh, I'll play any army with it anytime and hopefully not complain as it mows down my very squishy just stuff. Laugh. You just got to laugh. Like this. Yeah. There's nothing you can do in that situation other than Hope smile, blows up. Yeah. smile and nod. Basically, <laughs> I did think about getting an Empire Army ages ago, but um, for there whatever was a reason, lad, there was a lad I, who used to be shunned at the Metro Center Games Workshop because he had an Empire Gunline Army. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's the the type of army that would interest me, and I know it's it's not nobody popular. would play him. No. Nobody would play him. Because he just used to put everything on the back line, um, and then just shoot the shit out of you. It was just wasn't it's, fun. It's the non artillery train, but um, yeah, each to their own. Yeah, the hobby was, is what you make it. Well, I don't mind playing super powered lists as long as you're aware that that's what you're playing and like yeah. bringing a super power list to a casual setting without telling your opponent beforehand is a bit yeah. bad. But that's the way some people like to play. I've probably been guilty of it in the past. That's why, I mean, it's a complete tangent from what we're talking about, but that's why I never, ever got into competitive gaming. Well, I hated it. I have uh, arranged to speak to someone about competitive gaming later on, so we'll have an entire episode on it. Uh, Spoilers. Spoiler alert, yeah. Mm. Like and subscribe for more. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, if you finish, sorry. No, yeah, that was me. Just um, yeah. the whole, I think that the Empire almost summed up uh, technological progress, um, advancements, you know, pride, and they're really, really strong. Yeah. They're a good army. Or the, the, well, sorry, they are still a good army. Um for those that still play eighth edition, and obviously, I don't know what the I don't know what they're like in Age of Sigmar now, but I know. Moving on, have they become cities of Sigmar or something? something I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because I think Ian's. I'll let him talk about when he comes on, but you'll have to remember to ask Ian about his cities of Sigmar army. Oh um, yes, that's good. Very yeah, nice. I've seen his, nice. um, what he's done with them. But uh, yes, so number two uh, in in my list of top five units. And it's a bit of a strange one because you can only take it as a unit, I think, in later versions of 40k. But it was the um, Lehman Russ Armored Company. Um, and you used to be able to take one command tank and then uh, platoons of three Lehman Russ tanks um, at one point. 
Um, and to be fair, it's because I I love the Lehman Rust tank. Like, it's so you just went whatever the most unit, Lehman Rust you can get in a unit. That is... yeah. Well, d- before I left GW, uh, back in the day, you used to get fifty percent discount as a staff member. I don't think they get that now, but that, that's what you used to get back in the day. Um, and you used to be able to get a Lehman Rust Armored Company box, which was ten Lehman Russes in a box. <laughs> Um, is this the Armageddon thing, or is that different? Yeah, probably, probably around about that time. Uh, I think Armageddon just came out before I left, because um, I remember getting the Armageddon backpack. So yeah, that might that makes sense in fairness. Um, well, they, everyone had them at one point. I remember. The brown ones, yeah, yeah, with the Imperial Eagle on the back, or, or the Chaos symbol, which nobody used. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I before I left, I, got, I bought a box because instead of it being. 90 pounds, 100 pounds, something like that. It was 45, 50 for 10 Lehman Russes. <laughs> um, I've got no idea what happened to them because I didn't build them all. I remember I built one or two and I painted one. I've got no idea what happened to them. God knows where they're at. Probably in my mum's attic. But um, yeah, the, the, I just love the Lehman Russ tank. As you were saying earlier, funnily enough, about the Imperial Guard, they're just, they're just, Take this tank, which in essence, it, 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 it's basically a, a T-34 or, or that sort of era. You know, it's made in mass numbers because they've got an STC for it. Um, it's simple to make and it's, you know, they can, they can modify it. You can have a battle cannon on it. You can have plasma cannons on it. You can have LAS cannons on it. You can have sponsons on it if you want. You don't have to have sponsons on it. You can put bulldozers on it. You can put extra armor on it. You can put hunter missiles on it. You, it there's so much you can do to it. It's it, it, they're just brill, and I really enjoy the idea of them. And I I was talking to Gavin about it the other day, funnily enough, because I was umming and ahhing about what units I was going to pick, and we got talking about the Lehman Russ, and he was saying a similar thing that he loves the history of the Lehman Russ. He loves the lore around it. Obviously, why it got called the Lehman Rust Tank. Um, why is that, for anyone who doesn't know? So, it was discovered... Like myself. <laughs> so, the STC for it was discovered, uh, let me get this right, during the Great Crusade. Um, can't remember the planet, but I remember that it, they'd enslaved the people on the planet, the civilization on the planet, had enslaved the humans that were, that were on the planet for years, millennia. Um and the civilization, who again whose name I can't remember, were crushed by the Space Wolves. And when they recovered the STC, they named it after the Primarch because they were the ones who recovered the STC from this this civilization. Yeah. Hence why it's called the Lehman Russ. Um and 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 they're just brill. Like, you know, you'd see people put Lehman Russes on a table and you know they were just going to have fun with it. Imperial Guard players, they're just brilliant at what they could do. You'd have pintle-mounted weapons. You'd have sponsored-mounted weapons. You'd have the battle cannon, which, I mean, back in the day, the battle cannon was ridiculous because it was so powerful for what it was on a on a pretty cheap tank, really. That was the issue with um, you know, Imperial Guard spam, like we're talking about the Imperial Guard soldiers. Mm. The amount of tanks they can put out. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can give them tank orders and all. I that mean, as well. off, off the top of my head, oh, 
what did you have? You had the normal Lehman Russ. You had the Annihilator, which I think was the one with the Laz Cannon. You had the Conqueror. You had the Demolisher, which had the crazy, ridiculous, short-barreled... Um, oh, yeah. It. What's the one with the plasma, massive plasma? Device? That's the Eradicate? No, Executioner, I think, was that the plasma. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so the Executioner, I think, was the plasma cannon. Then you had the Eradicator, which was the Nova cannon, I think. And then you had, there was another E, which I can't remember now. Uh, and then there was the Incinerator, which I think was the one with the flame. No, was it a flame? No, the Incinerator was the one that they brought out for 30k era. And it's a Forge World one, and it's got one of them crazy Volkite things on it, oh. if I remember rightly. That would make um, sense. They haven't transferred across much to 40k. Mm, the Punisher, which was the one with the crazy Gatling cannon on it. That was hilarious. Yes, I've, I've played against that. That's um, um and that's then one. you had the Vanquisher, which was which was essentially uh, it was like the T thirty four, but the T thirty four eighty five. Because they basically just put a big cannon on it, a big massive cannon on the top of it, and made it better in every way, because it got the Vanquisher cannon. Um and they're just brill. And this they're so easy to paint. Um, like really loads of flat sides, but loads of detail if you wanted to, um, you know. And uh, I, I, I mean, I like history and and I'm look looking at the stuff that's gone in the past with the walls and things like that. Modern history, obviously, but I liked the fact that you could have an armored company and you could have the HQ command tank, and then you could have you could do what you were saying before, and you could. You could put the orders in there and you can have the comm units. And in the game, they were a lot of fun. They were very, well, as I've said, they were very versatile. You could do so much with them. But then in the lore, in the stories, you know, the stuff you could read about Lehman Rust tanks that just just did everything. You know, they could take cities, they could just annihilate the enemy. Um, they were, they were just brill. Just, just a lot of fun. Um, and and again, it went back to that classic thing about the Imperial Guard. You know that it can run on any type of fuel. It does like it can run on anything. That that's written into the law. It can <laughs> run on anything. Um, they can be. You know, they've got life support systems. They've got generators inside. The only thing that they never put in, which I was really disappointed about, was they never ever put in that little that little hint in. About the fact that they could have um, a boiler for cups of tea or whatever it would be called in in forty k, to give a little wink and a nod to British tank crews, um, who obviously, oh. if you don't know that, that's a, it's a you have to have a boiler in a British tank because it's it was a thing that was set years ago, and now every new tank that's built still has a boiler in it to be able to have cups of tea. If you want to write into the Black Library, I'm sure you can write your own short story. Where no. That no, my writing is not good enough for the Black Library. I'll get David to do it. His writing's good enough. No, I've, I've read some Black Library. It's terrible. Anyway, um, I wasn't meaning to move you on. If, uh, no, I, no, I, no, I like no. The, it's the same reason for why I like, I was saying, why I like the Imperial Guardsmen, but this is just like the their armor equivalent. Is it's it's everywhere. It's doing the, the donkey work of keeping the Imperium defended. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So my number three is, I think about this a lot, because originally I thought um, Sidonian Dragoons, but then I thought, no, I actually prefer uh, Electro Priests, <laughs> and specifically the Fulgurite ex um, Electro Priests, All right. the ones with the staves. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are... <clears throat> They are some of the most fun I've had playing Adeptus Mechanicus is um, either piling them into those D-Day landing boats and charging them up the board, <laughs> hope that they survive, and then flood them out and charge something and chop them up. Yeah. Or I got the drill, so you can you can have them pop up behind the enemy and do their charging thing. Yeah. And they hit like a truck because they inflict they inflict mortal wounds just for making a charge and then they inflict mortal wounds when they're oh no they sort of yeah they do inflict mortal wounds and they do a high amount of damage per um attack and they've got a um invulnerable save which improves every time you wipe out a unit so unless you deal with them um they get stronger and stronger <laughs> and harder to kill and they're just a they're a brilliant weapon in, in combat. If you can get, if you can close the gap, that's the major problem. As long as you can get them across the, the battlefield into the mm. opponent, mm. they're great. Um, and the reason I'm saying Fulgurite as opposed to um, what's the other one called? Oh, pass. Uh, Corpus Gary. The, there is there's a big split between them. It's like the the electro priests who worship the motor force are in a massive. It's sort of like the Judean people's front versus the people's <laughs> front of Judea. The Corpuscari think that the motor force should be shared with everyone and therefore blast everyone with electricity. And the Fulgurites think that no, it's an it's a sin to misuse the motor force. So they actually suck the energy out of things, which is how they. The justification for improving their invulnerable save, right? Because they're, they're stealing the energy out of people with their electroleach staves. So, still, even again, linked into the adeptus mechanic as being such a mix of different things and things that don't make sense and things that have been disagreed on. And it's like the basic of a even these electro priests fundamentally disagree on what their beliefs are and they dislike. The same kinds, the same electro priests disagree on this to such a fundamental level that they've split, but they fight in totally different ways. So it's they're a great representation of Admec because they're just crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'd, I've never played Admec, but I've seen your army. I, I do. I like your army a lot. I think it's a really nice army. Obviously, it's one of the few armies I think that you've painted the completion almost. Uh, fact check that. No, <laughs> no. All right, okay. My apologies. They're about seventy percent of the way there. The electro priests are pretty much done. Yeah, it's um, the the just the do just seem to be a fun army to play. Um, and anybody I've spoken to about them just has a lot of fun with them for those sorts of reasons. The fact that you've got these the crazy um not termites but that's kind of no, it's a termite drill is it a termite drill is yeah. it because that's what it used to be back in the days of uh space marine and, and epic funnily enough um you used to be able to buy you used to be able to get the moles and the termites and the termites were the smaller ones and the moles were the obviously um much bigger ones um and yeah that they're fun for that exact reason because it i mean it, it in in essence it's like a deep strike isn't it 
But that yeah, it does give you a deep strike. Um, and it's and it's a way to deliver these things. They're great. Yeah, because it's really well armored as well, if I remember. Um, so it doesn't blow up easily, which means anything that's inside it's obviously quite well protected. Um, but yeah, I, like I know, I know you've kind of waxed lyrical about them. I just add mech in general. In fairness, um, I do like the ad mech, which is always a good sign that it's a it's a nice army. Do you know what I mean? The, I, I got them because ad mech are very versatile. You can play this typical shooty list you play, which you would think of as the ad mechs because they mm. you know, they make all the weapons. But I actually had more fun when I shifted to the close combat ad mech list, which is like um, the robots with the um, power cores rather than the, the guns and the Sidonian dragoons that I mentioned earlier. But these things are just, the priests are just probably the best because they're really, really good at combat. They're, they're only toughest three, so but they've got all this other stuff going on. And I wasn't sure on the models initially because it's like the the bald guy with blue skin with this electro collar and they're a nightmare to build that collar is a, is a pain <laughs> and like everything with admec it's 50 bits for like yeah. what should only be three because the they're very model. thin as well aren't they i think is the other issue the yeah, yeah they're quite well they're quite buff some of them but yeah it's the the bits of the wires especially the uh, corpus gary you've got this i've never built any and this is part of the reason why he's got a little um like a ring vault thing over his wrist, which you have to, it's not just part of his arm. You've got to cut that off, file it down, and then put it on top of his very thin wrist. So that seems like a nightmare to build that. I, I would avoid that. The um, fulgurites are much easier. <laughs> so there's also an element of what's easier to build, which again, as we discussed it, earlier, it's not a bad thing about you. It, it all factors in. That's the deciding factor on which what um one you want to pick. That's good. Yeah. What you're gonna less likely to throw out of the window. Or in the bin like I did with my Imperial Guard. <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention it, but you mentioned I'm it. Over it. I'm so over it. I'm you're not it, yeah. you're clearly not over it. <laughs> <clears throat> that forty quid could have bought me, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I, the again, great model. I like I've come to really like the model. I know it was iffy at the start, and some people mm. don't like them, but I, I, I like them. And again, with the uh, Admech, as I was saying last time, this fits in no problem with Cowboy Skitari, uh, B Root movie robots. Cowboy uh, Skitari. <laughs> it, it still fits in fine. It, it, the, the umbrella of Adeptus Mechanicus is so broad and welcoming that nothing looks out of place, I don't think, anyway. And this is a component of the army, like. It's 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 a de deliberate choice to say I'm not going to do a shooty army. I'm going to do a close combat army in a faction that aren't particularly well known for the close combat, but yeah. they do have the, these specific close combat unit. As it turns out, is pretty good and is um, a, a lot of fun to, to play because they can hold on in the old eighth. I've not played Admech in ninth, but I assume it's the same. If you there's a stratagem which increases their invulnerable save by one. So you can get, if you kill enough, um, if you wipe enough units out, you can get and play that card. You can get their invulnerable save to two up. So you just, especially with this new objective-based style of gaming, which I'm not, I have my issues with in ninth edition, you can park them on an objective and you can't move them off because right. 
two two up two upwards invulnerable save, um, and then they get a five plus feel no pain as well, right? Because they just that full of electricity, I suppose. Injuries don't really bother them, so they are so hard for a toughness three unit. They are so hard to shift if you line things up right. If you if you kill them before they've charged in or before they've wiped anything out, then they're, they're not as good. But when their buffs start coming on, they become quite difficult to shift off. And it's a lot, you know, the better when they charge. Mm. But you've got to invest a lot into taking them to getting them off objectives. It's like three up, two up, invulnerable save, five plus feel no pain. Try mm. getting rid of that with anything less than, I don't know, a, a Warhound Titan. <laughs> I think you got a bit far there. <laughs> Warhound Titan, but it's going to soak up a lot of firepower. Yeah, it'd be easy to wound, but it, they should make quite a lot of saves. It, yeah, I suppose. I mean, you, you had us with what you said earlier. You've gone a bit off kilt now, mate. <laughs> okay, am I losing you? <laughs> yeah, you're losing us a little bit there. But no, I mean, I've never played them, to be fair, so I I can't like um. I can't give a full opinion on them. Uh, I'm just aware of like what you've said in the past and stuff like that. But I do like the models, and uh, like I say, you've waxed lyrical about them. You you really love them, um, and they the, the, they fit in so well with the fluff of the, the admech. They worship. They are a particular subsect of worship of the um, machine cult, in that they worship the machine gods element aspect as uh, the motive force. And you've now got these warrior priests who are, you know, they've actually made they've made this spin-off subgroup of combat monks, and it it all it all gels with the rest of the army. It's so well done, and in, in my opinion, anyway, whoever's in charge of directing the Adeptus Mechanicus's vision or grand grand outlook or whatever it is, I just think they do a really good job. Um, um, this is sort of the standout. I'm surprised. I, when I was thinking about it, it became obvious which ones I liked the most. Mm. I mean, the B movie movie robots are great, but just for what a crazy idea this is, <laughs> and um, the great in the fluff and the great in the game, and um, well deserving of my number three. Yeah, point. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well. Coming totally out of left field for uh, my number two, um, Blood Axe Commandos from second edition. <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't know if you Younger remember. Viewers the... may not know what that is. <laughs> no, I don't even know if they still exist. I'm sure they do. But um, they, they, I, they, I started to collect orcs in 40k purely for the fact that uh, I wanted Blood Axe Commandos. Um, I love the models. The if Google Blood Axe Commandos and it's spelled with a K. So it's spelled um, with a K. Yeah. So, but Google Blood Axe Commandos and you're looking for um, the, the there's a, a set of models that are um, just horrific in today's standards. Um, but back then they were absolutely fantastic and I loved the way they worked, I loved the um, the law behind them that they were basically 
they were so obsessed with the Imperium that they um the the they copied the Imperium's way of, of warfare. And your commandos basically learned everything from the Imperial Guard and, and took it from there. And um, you know, you the the other bit about them is that the they they used to steal Lehman Russes um and do them up as their own tanks, and that was in the law, that was in the game as well. You could actually get a Blood Axe commando. Um I can't remember what they, what they called them now, but they were like um looted tanks or something like that. Um I think they're still in or... probably, probably. Alt players um, correct me, but I see that concept's still part of it. Yeah, but no, I, I love them. Absolutely love them. It probably stemmed from I was um my dad was in the army, so I was an army brat. And the way they were painted when they came out was uh they were paint they were painted in camouflage, basically. So they had fatigues on a lot of people painted them like the green, brown, black camouflage colours that you used to get of uh, of armies around the world at the time. They all had the little um, woolen uh, woolen hats that they that they could have. Um, they just look fantastic, and I remember when I played them, they were they were brill. You know that they, they used to take advantage of the few rules that were around back then for sort of um, flanking attacks and stuff like that for, in 40k, where you could. Um, not it, it became Deep Strike, but back then I think it was called something else. I can't remember what the hell it was called back then, to be fair. But, um, but yeah, they, they were fantastic, absolutely loved them. Um, one of me, well, second favorite models, just just brill. Like, I, 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 I'm looking at pictures of them now while we're sat here, and it's making us just go silent because they're just hilarious, they're just ridiculous in today's world. Like the models are just mental. The the leader, the sergeant's got a pair of binoculars around his neck. <laughs> it's just, you know. But again, this is it's probably comes from uh, be, that was when I got into it all. That was when I got into the hobby, and it, it's probably just the uh, probably just remembering what they were like. In fairness, and kind of the the joy that you had when you were young and. You didn't care about the crap that you worry about as an adult hobbyist, like rules and erratas and all that crap. You just play the game because you like the models. Um, and uh, I assume they have the second edition bright paint scheme. Then, oh yeah, of course. The the, the picture I'm looking at, their um, their backpacks are bright tan brown. <laughs> their fatigues are bright red with black patches. Their skin is goblin green, and the bases are painted. I'm gonna guess scorpion green, and they've used grass flock. So well, that is the only way to base. Is, well, uh, indeed, absolutely. But uh, but no, they, they were brill, and I remember I had a unit of five of them, and I, oh, it's just great, absolutely great. And I, when I was trying to think of things, um, for this list, there were one of the other than my number one, which was instant. These were one of the ones that popped in my head, and I just started giggling away to myself because I was remembering some of the games that I had and the orcs back then. The other one that almost made it into the list, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, was the shock attack gun. Um, yes, I do. That's still in the game as well. It's it is still in the game. I don't think the law now is as 
hilarious as it was back then. Um, but I remember it, reading. Um, does it beam snotlings into? It opens. <laughs> it opens. Um, it opens a hole in the warp, and basically, um, the, the the operator, the orc operator, has um, a backpack full of snotlings, and when he pulls the trigger, if I remember rightly, it will open up the portal in the warp, and basically the snotlings just get pushed into this portal, and the other end of the portal is hopefully wherever the mech boy is is aiming at. And I I, I had one in the Yorks. Um, it, it was almost in the list, but the Blood Axe Commandos for me were just a little bit more enjoyable. It was just a little bit more... Uh, more but they brought back better memories, if, if, if I'm honest. I liked the style of them. I liked the aesthetic. And in an Orc army at the time, Second edition, particularly where the majority of your army was either shit Gretchlins that look shit, or shit orcs that were painted in goth colours that look shit. When you started getting stuff like that, that was totally different to the norm, didn't comply the the orc idea at the time. You know, they would. It was just it was just such a brilliant idea, and whoever came up with it, I thought was great. Were these sold in uh, the old blister packs of? Oh white? yeah, yeah, white metal. Yeah, uh, and I think you got well, them probably in... lead back then. It might have been actually. Did you get them in packs of one? I think the sergeant was a pack by itself. Maybe the. I'm trying, I can't remember to be honest. I can't remember. Maybe they came in a box of five. I can't remember. I'm trying to see if I can see on Google quickly whether or not there's any of the. Um... It just looks like the things they used to sell in. Um... Blister packs of one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you'd know. Oh, yes, there you go. There's a picture there. There was three of them in a blister pack. Three in a blister. Oh. For um, about one pound uh, fifty or something. So no, it says. Oh, I think that might be German. Sixteen Deutschmarks. I can't do the conversion. No, I mean, it's a long time ago that even Deutschmarks existed. So. <laughs> Deutschmarks went out in uh, when the, when the Euro came in, whenever that. Yeah, went. but no, they were they were brilliant, and I really enjoyed them. And obviously, there was the whole rule set around if you wanted to do a blood axe army, because were back the blo- then were the blood axes do... supposed to be? Sorry, were they supposed to be like more open to imperial ideas? Yeah, or they just so a lot of orcs will. <sighs> Every clan has its own um, personality. So your Goths were very um, hardy battle warriors, light, you know, close combat and all the rest of it. Your evil sons were your um, (laughs) speedsters, go fast boys. Uh, The bad moons, I think, were the ones that were were like psychers and whatnot. They were the rich ones, weren't they, the bad moons? Because they're possibly, teeth, yeah, teeth possibly. Um, yes, yeah. And then you had the Death Skulls, which were the ones who. Uh, what were the Death Skulls again? Can't think now. 
And anyway, and then the other one that you had was the snake bites, and they were the ones that were always on balls because they basically were they had an yes, affinity with the animals. They didn't like technology or something. No, yeah. Um, but the blood axes were they basically just had more experience with the Imperium, and because of the extended exposure, they picked up, they just picked up loads of human tactics, like using camouflage and stuff like that, um, looting Imperial vehicles. Um, and weirdly, if I remember rightly, I think it was written in that Blood Axes didn't trust other Orc clans because they'd got so used to being with humans. Um, so they used to trade more with humans than they did with Orcs. Um, so maybe it was just the fact that I didn't want to play Orcs and I wanted to play <laughs> a different version of Space Marines or something. But yeah, they were they were they were brill. They were they were a lot of fun. That's uh, well, that, another one that's. Um... Surprised me. you, yeah, yeah. I did not see that. I never. Expected I, I, I want to know if you can guess me number one. I think you probably will. Well, I thought possibly, but all these ideas that <laughs> I'm actually quite no, I'm not, I'm not going to call that yet. No, well, we'll see. But speaking of blasts from the past, my oh. number two unit is the Imperator Titan from Titan Legions. Oh, interesting. Um, again. Just as a concept of a what a cathedral on the top of a <laughs> giant. Um, well, it wasn't even a, a cathedral; it was a city. Well, I remember whatever, rightly. Whatever it was, it was ex extremely gothic and uh, with a massive plasma annihilator. And <laughs> what was the giant chain gun called? Hell Blaster Gatling Cannon. Hell Blaster Gatling Cannon. That sort of. Um, Talking about reminiscing, I got into well, I was first aware of um, Games Workshop stuff. I think it was about nine, and um, <clears throat> a friend from down the street had some little orc truck things uh, that he'd been shown at school or something, I assume. And then he got um, Titan Legions after that, so that was epic. And then he got the mm. box set Titan Legions. It must have been for Christmas or something. And he got the two Mega Gargants, and his brother got the. Imperator Titan, right? And that's just sort of the, the doorway into all this nonsense that followed. Was <laughs> was that box of Titan? Legion. Just to play on the um, on his uh, like miniature pool table in the garage. But miniature was, pool table. Where were you brought up? <laughs> well, it really, it really was miniature. It wasn't. I was going to say, I'm deprived in other ways. I never had Titan Legions. I did. Um, fine. Some of, us, some of us asked for it from Santa and got it. Well, I might ask for it this year. Yeah, you'd be lucky. <laughs> but if you remember the Imperator's, um, the sheet you needed to operate the thing, it was like a, a World War II computer. Um, so it was, an, it, it was an A3, I want to say, size card um, that was basically the Titan. Um. Because everything was subdivided, like the uh, the secondary weapon batteries all had their own little squares, which could yeah. take damage, and yeah. the head could take damage, and the leg joints could. Everything had been broken down into damage. The plasma reactor was right in the middle, and that yeah, if you hit that, it was bad news. Yeah, and you could you put plasma tokens or something to the different systems, and you could. So every every turn, he rolled. Oh, God, now you're testing my memory. I think it was 2d6 to see how much plasma you got. 
Um, and then you basically would put it in the reactor core in the middle, and then you could you could put it on different things. So the cannon, the Hellstorm cannon, was one off the top of my head. The shield control was one. The fire control was one. The engines was one. And then I believe the plasma annihilator was like five, maybe four, five, because you could power it up to different levels. Um, and so if you were really lucky, was it 2d6? Maybe it was only 1d6. Maybe it was only 1d6. But anyway, you roll the dice and that's how much plasma you got. And if you were really lucky, you got enough to power everything. If you weren't, then you had to choose what you did. Um, and loads of people used to just ignore the engines because it, it was it was irrelevant. You didn't you didn't want to do it. Um, but there was a there was a you could overpower stuff as well because so, the plasma icons had two colors. They had green and they had red. And so you could over, you could put something in a green, and it would do one thing. You could put something in it red, and it would overpower it. But obviously, you had more chance that you would take extra damage and all the rest of it. And then you would have garrisons inside yes, the Titan. Right. It, could, it could have Space Marine and Imperial Guard. Yeah. Because its feet were like, it had massive um, doorways had, on its feet. Yeah, yeah, that were on the model. And you yeah. could have... So what you would do is the... So original Space Marine, the, the uh, troops were on square bases. And then when it changed to Epic, they went to rectangular. So they went five wide. And uh, the original one was a square, like a cross of five. Um, and the square bases fitted on the card in the slots. So you could literally put Imperial Guard units in the legs, in the bases. And then what it would do is it would give you, um, that would give you like your secondary uh, weapons dice and things like that. And if you didn't put a squad in there, it would tell you what you'd, what you minus from your secondary weapons and things like that um and then you had to have there was the bridge squad which was mechanicus and it was a little card token if i remember rightly um oh it was it was brill and then you had the hit location card which was which was separate again um and, and the oh there's a picture you can get it on the internet. I think if you put in Emperor Titan card, and there is a picture which shows you the t- the card for the Emperor Titan and the Mega Gargan, and the Emperor Titan's hit location is just ridiculous. It's seven locations wide by nine locations high, so the chance to hit the same thing <laughs> turn after turn was was just ridiculous, but. Yeah, I mean, and there's that, there's that mm-hmm. artwork on the front of Titan Legions, which is um, oh yeah, it was amazing. That. That's very famous. The, the Imperator is shooting. I mean, there's a there's a Mega Gargant directly in front of it, and it's it's missing somehow. But yeah, never mind. I don't think that I don't think they really got perspective back then. <laughs> Clearly not, because <clears throat> the Hellstrom cannon. Is uh, is if I remember rightly, he's just pointing randomly off to the right. He's, and, yeah, he's so he's pointing his weapons in at angles away from yeah. the center where the mega gargan is. But but the the bit that made us laugh about that was they said that these titans were really really rare, when obviously but the gargans were 
you know, ten a penny because they were just made from scrap and, yeah, and made of trash. So. Yeah, but obviously the Titans were dark age of the Imperium and all the rest of it. But if you look on the box, there's another one behind it in the background, <laughs> which I always thought was hilarious. Because yeah, it's like, got... well, you, you said you didn't have many, and then there's another one just over there. Got two deployed. My um, greatest disappointment so far with the new Adeptus Titanicus release is that they haven't brought the Imperator Titan back out. It's just so upsetting. Well, if you're listening, GW. Get it done, bitches. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just they're the most powerful thing short of a battleship that you can yeah. deploy. And they're just... Why, why would... It's like what I was saying about knights before, but just turned up to 11. Why would you do... Who's designing this? <laughs> Where's the need for this? But that was the... This is the thing. You, you think... I mean, when was... Uh, Titan Legions was... ninety. Uh, 90- Four ninety five, I think, around about that time. It was back in the days when GW just didn't give a shit. They just made what they wanted to make. And somebody sat down and went, this Space Marine's proven to be really popular. People like big fucking battles on a kitchen-sized table. They need something more impressive. Fuck it, let's put a city on top of a Titan and give it a massive plasma <laughs> cannon and a massive Gatling cannon. It'll be hilarious. And do you know what it was? It was brilliant. It was some of the greatest gaming I've ever had, and then they ruined it by making it epic. Anyway. <laughs> so, your number two, weirdly, turns out to be my number one. <laughs> oh. Which is why I probably waxed lyrical about your number two for the last... You took over my number two. Yeah, that's sorry quite... about that. <laughs> that's all right, that's... Hey, we're doing it live. We're yeah. just after that. But no, um, so um, what was I going to say? So yeah, so the Imperator Titan, as we've as we've just basically covered, um, absolutely fantastic. Like I just loved the model, loved everything about it, much as what you said. It was just I hilarious. really like the uh, the art on the box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't I really, think we hmm? don't really do that style anymore. It's sort of, it's not, it's sort of cartoonish. They've got more photo real now, but yeah, I. <laughs> I do like the Titan Legions box art. And if anyone wants uh, Titan Legions bo- brand new in box, it's going for about four hundred pounds on eBay. Oh, so complete. Your, uh, yeah. Jeez, I'm surprised at that. Get your bids in now. I have got it all, like I say, somewhere in my mum's attic. Um, but I'll be buggered if I know whether it's complete or not. Has he not even built it? Holy moly! These are all still on the sprues. Where's he managed to find that? Him or her? Sorry. Just, uh, he's just kept oh, it secret shit. and safe since uh, the early 90s. I mean, anticipating its value. Good on them. It's definitely, I would suggest, worth more than £425. <laughs> We're not affiliated with this seller. We're not No, to no, not at all. Not at all. But that is, I mean, if you ever wanted an Imperator Titan model, there's one right there. And it looks like all the parts are there. You get the joy of building it as well. Looks like the two gargants are there as well. You get all the orc battle wagons. The knights. Oh, the stupid knights. I forgot about them. The gangling ones. Are the really oh, they were legs. awful. I'm so glad that they didn't copy those knights when they did the new uh, 40k knights. They were dreadful. Just do a they, were, I, 
It's just like a reprint of it. Just yeah, we're going to reprint no. this. You know, it did for um, Space Hulk. No, it. no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, uh, that's uh, so that combined. was my number one. Yeah, yeah, my number one covered by your number two. That's, these things happen. We'll adapt and overcome. There's clubs that are into that. Number ones covered by. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Sorry. dear! <laughs> Please don't demonetize me before I've even been monetized. Do you want to guess what my number one is? Um, it's it, I, I'm presuming it's going to be some sort of high elf unit. You are correct, but you get no credit uh, for that because that was obvious. And knowing how much you fawned over them when you got them. And I think they're all... Are they all over your Instagram? They were all over your Instagram. I don't know if it's still, they still are. Would it be the... What do you call them? The Swordmasters? No, it's not. Wow. No, okay. wrong. Okay. But you're not far off. It is White Lions. Oh, yeah, well, that would have been probably the next guess. <laughs> it's very hard. Not to that you're predictable. Between, no, but it's very hard to pick between them because all of the high elf specials uh, are great um swordmasters phoenix guard and white lions i was wrestling with myself whether to do phoenix guard or white lions so there's a lot of crossing it out on my notes here as i've gone back as a board <laughs> but i went for white lions just because they are um they are my probably my favorite unit in any game ever <coughs> Excuse me. every time i've used them they've been great to play um they're sort of like the middle child between the Phoenix Guard, who are durable but not that strong, and the um, uh, the Swordmasters, who are they've got more attacks, but they they just melt if they get hit back. The the White Lions are very strong. Um, the fact that they're the strongest elves you can get, their strength four elves. Imagine that. That's ridiculous. Um, so they get with the great weapons, they're strength six, so they can just carve through a lot of um, high toughness units that can take on a lot. They're stubborn, so they're not going to go anywhere. And when you pair them with Alariel um, and start getting her buffs, they start becoming very um, resistant to damage with their ward save that she gives mm. them. And then if you wanted to be monstrous, you could put the um, Banner of the World Dragon in there which their standard bearer can take, so you can't get rid of it until you kill him at the end. And then you've got a unit of, well, a horde, because you would obviously run it in a horde, of um, two up ward save, strength six, um, stubborn, uh, sort of like a mincing machine, really. <laughs> um, they, they are good. And it, it was probably one of the few things I liked about fantasy was the way that they seemed they seemed to be able to balance um martial prowess quite quite excuse me quite well with units and that's a prime example of you know elves are particularly squishy i mean yes. toughness three normally strength three yeah um, and their armor's the, not much to go on either no their armor's not great and again i like another thing in fairness that i did like about fantasy is they didn't Nothing was invincible like it is in 40k or feels invincible. So you can be stood there in full plate armor with a big massive two-handed sword 
but you've got a six plus saving throw because you've got no shield. You know, you've got you're not very maneuverable. I liked the uh, the way that it kind of was a bit realistic to well, what we presume fighting in that sort of time period would have been like. You, you know, if you're wearing a full plate of armor and you've got no sword, uh, sorry, no shield, then you fairly in defense you know you can't really do anything can you you know what i mean yeah, so your top your highest quality armor usually unless you're getting into dwarf and dwarven stuff or full plate is five plus that's your heavy armor save so it's and anything above strength three is starting to bite into that um armor save yeah but the the high the high elf background for the white lights is great as well um uh Kalador, who's the um one of the best phoenix kings um, when he receives news that he's going to be the, the next king, he's uh, walking along to the Shrine of Assyrian. Dark Elf assassins um, intercept him and kill his uh, entourage. And then these Tracen woodsmen just turn up and chop them all to pieces. And mm. uh, he, to recognize them, so, well, you're now the king's bodyguard. So I like the, again, with what I was saying before about the High Elves, that they're not the typical representation that you get in other works of fiction that they're just like standoffish and they don't really get involved and they're they're like burly woodsmen they're 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 required to beat a lion to death before they get accepted into the white lions and then they I mean, wear that... it, they wear its skin as uh, as a cloak so <laughs> i mean that's pretty epic in fairness in terms of law yeah like... but... So they're not just little waifs. They're, they're really... Nah. But know, I think they did that... Was there, not, was there not a thing that they did that deliberately? Because historically, the High Elf as an army were a bit squishy and were a bit sort of... They weren't very... Um, sort of... not not they were, they were combat effective, but they were just... you could They were killed easily, is probably what they I'm can't, not... Yeah, they can't take a punch. Again, um, uh, the White Lions... They're slightly tougher, but they're not tougher. But they've got um, their lion cloak gives them oh. a better protection against shooting attacks. If I remember rightly, because when did they bring them in? Because the lions, oh, they've, they've been there, uh, they've been there quite a while. Have they? Yeah, at least since um, fifth edition, probably even. Third. Right. They, had, they had the, um, you know, the sort of conical Norman helmets, and they looked a bit mm. like your um, blood axe commandos a bit. Yeah, very right. early models, but the the last the latest models they did, um, I've got some on my table over there, which mm. eventually will get painted. And I've had them for three years, so it but looks like they they were first mentioned in fifth edition. That's about uh, right. It looks like, um, which I don't know when that came out. I'll be buggered if I know when fifth edition came out. Now fifth edition, early nineties, mm, bit later than that, I think. Mm. Ninety-five. Uh, let's have a look. Fifth edition. Well, six <laughs> was two thousand, wasn't it? So yeah, ninety-six, ninety-seven, maybe. Uh, where's the date of release? Why are websites so poo? Nineteen ninety-six. Ninety-six. Yeah, yeah ninety-six. Um, so that's when the the they were first mentioned, according to one of these sites, one of these wiki sites, um, which I was surprised at, to be fair, because, I mean, again, I wasn't a massive fantasy player, but White Lions, when I, when I remember them coming out, it was a bit later on 
like sort of seventh or maybe well no not eighth edition but maybe seventh edition of uh, fantasy because i remember they brought out the new models and they made a really big fanfare of it which i think are the models that you've got now um with the chariot and stuff and all that kind of yeah they're they're much the the later models for the high elves are great um, yeah especially the white lions they've got the big shoulder piece and the the axes look great and the all the stuff yeah. they did for the the high elves before the old world was imploded <laughs> i'm a big fan of but yeah it's that edge the, the phoenix scout are, are nice and they're they're really good in combat but just for the the fact that these are elves that can punch out a lion and then skin it and then go for a big fight They've, yeah it's not really what you associate with elves but um i have taken the white lions to tournaments um and i've done i didn't win but a solid mid table for some of them right um and that's that's a lot of fun because yeah it's the white lion horde lariel combination is a bit of a well this is a bit of a power gamer move but <laughs> other people in tournaments bring their armies equivalent of that so seeing what it can go up against and what it can survive what it can survive against that i quite well i do enjoy that that's why i like tournaments i know some people don't ah fucking alien. <laughs> <laughs> but mainly because of, of, of what you've said there like when you go to a tournament everybody goes with the most powerful the best written i like that you know that's what's going to happen you can't say oh i went to a tournament well, with a nice fluffy list and then well, no, no, I, destroyed. no absolutely no i'm not I'm not saying that at all but i think i just don't when i play um 40k or when i play uh, any tabletop game and i've said this for years and you know the other lads will say this as well i think i've said it to you before I don't play because I'm a competitive bastard. I play because I enjoy just playing the game. And, you know, I, I that's always been my sort of motto, if you like, always been my philosophy when it comes to tabletop games. Is, uh, there's nothing wrong with playing competitively if you want to, and I know there's people out there who enjoy it. It's just not for me because making it comes... I'd just basically be like, oh, I can't be fucking arsed. <laughs> what's the point i know i'm gonna lose i know i'm just gonna get smashed off the table i can't what's the point you know and, and anyway so well, white lines uh, was your number one white eh? lines was number one um i have used them a lot uh in tournaments and they're very i remember the one i went down to worcester which is probably uh yeah that was probably the one i enjoyed the most i've enjoyed them all but that one was like a, a real trip out we had a, yeah. a day's drive down to worcester stay over well that was it was a lot of fun um and i played the dark elves which i think i discussed before where it was like it was the white lion block versus the um witch elf called in the blood horde and that was that was a great game it's one of the best games i've ever played right because it was uh it was such on a knife edge and it was such a a, a grudge match um and my opponent was a, a really nice fella as well and then the second after that, I played the Wood Elves, um, which again, like you're saying, it was you've got to close the gap immediately as soon as you can because they will just shoot you to pieces. And if if you can't catch them, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So that was sort of the White Lion Horde trying to get as close as to whatever they had because the, the units are all like disparate and all over the place, and you don't really know where to point the art the your units at. 
you don't yeah. know which unit to point it at. So that was a, a lot of that was fun because I haven't that much experience playing um, against the Wood Elves. So, so here's I'll, a question for you. Go on. Why do you hate Age of Sigmar? <laughs> I could do an entire episode on that. Well, maybe you should, but just just quickly as a teaser, because I I think I know why. I think a it's because it doesn't have the depth and. It's not even that. It's no. like imagine if your favorite—I don't know—your favorite thing in the world, um, chocolate. Yeah. Now imagine <laughs> somebody just turns up and says, "Right, that's you're never seeing that again." But here's here's Ersatz chocolate, and you have to use this or nothing. Yeah. You're not allowed chocolate anymore. Instead, he is a caramelized bar of onion. Yeah, and, and not only are you not allowed chocolate anymore, um, it's blown up for all time and you can never go back. You don't even yeah. have the option to go back. We're not supporting I, the old chocolate. I, I know they've now um I know they've now announced that they're at some point gonna relaunch fantasy. Well uh, it's or, yeah, the, or old, the world. old world as they're calling it. Um Some yeah, reasonably optimistic about it. it. I'm, I am interested to see what they do with it because I, I still, although I never really got into fantasy or played it, I still like to see what they do with it because a lot oftentimes, as, as you'll be well aware, there's ideas flip flop between the two systems of 40k and fantasy. Um, and I get... hope they stick to square bases. I don't know how they're going to do it. Or well, not... you see, that's the issue, isn't it? Because they've switched everybody over to round bases now. And I, the way Games Workshop have been going, I can see them doing something so that they don't have to do a second range. And everybody that's got Age of Sigmar stuff can use it for Old World, maybe. Or I don't know, because obviously a lot of the Age of Sigmar stuff didn't exist in Old World, like um, the Land Marines, whatever the hell they were called. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. Because I, I think it's going to be a prequel, and I, my theory, based on nothing, oh, is no. it's going to be set in the time of the you, three emperors. You know what the prequels are like. Well, they'd be really good. I, I think you know how we've done fantasy. We know about like the time of Karl Franz and all that. We know mm. all about that. Yeah, they could go back to it, but you know how it ends. It's going to blow up. Yeah. But if you went back. And I think the time of the three emperors is would be a good time to do it because it's it's like the the empires at its lowest ebb. Yeah, but it's, there's a lot that you could do with different factions and different people getting involved and who's going to be the emperor, and then it's all resolved by Magnus the Pious. So if you just wanted to do a set time, a set game, and the a direction to head it in, you could do that. But I'm not basing that. I don't know anything. I don't. Know no, no, that's reach. just yeah. Um, that's just what I personally think would be a good I mean they could do all sorts with it if they did that I mean depends how far back they wanted to go but you've got the uh well they've released Kislev teasers haven't they so well this is true yeah you know it's going to be at least it's not going to go back to like the um first chaos invasion or Mm. um the war the beard or anything like that well I think that just about brings us to the end of uh, this episode I'm not sure who we're going to get on next time I think Gavin or Ian is uh, hopeful. Oh, Unless, yeah. obviously, uh, your, man, not, your man Duncan gets in. <laughs> He's not returning my calls anymore. Sure. No. I wonder if it was because you said he got caught with a load of cocaine. I didn't say that. I just heavily implied it. There's a legal <laughs> difference. <laughs> Sue me.
the mate. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all that painting a calorie cash. He doesn't need any of mine. All right. Well, thank you very much, Vince. It's been yes, thank you. a pleasure. Um, thanks, all of you. I'll see you next time. Ta-da!